0: In hopes that someone will be inspired to take action and live life with passion and purpose. Welcome to the Uncover Your Magic podcast with me, Ashley Goner. Are you ready? Here we go. Welcome back to Uncover Your Magic. Today's episode is with a man that has resurfaced in my life, and I didn't even know it. (laughs) His name is Mike Murphy. He wrote the book, The Creation Frequency. You know, I love to do my research and my deep dives on my podcast guests, and it has opened my eyes and expanded my knowledge, learning and growing from each week with these beautiful souls. And Mike Murphy is one of those. He has opened my eyes at this time in my life. But the funny part is that I went to read his book on Audible and I had already had it in my library, like from four years ago is when it first came out. So if I knew then that I was going to be interviewing this amazing man in four years, I would not probably have believed it. So I'm going to give you a little bit of a background and then explain to you the impact he has made on me. Mike Murphy is a successful entrepreneur, speaker, coach, and philanthropist. He is the founder of the Love from Margot Foundation, which supports women with cancer and mountains of hope at transformational retreat center in Columbia. His first book, Love Unfiltered, was a Wall Street Journal bestseller he divides his time between Northern California and Columbia. So he wrote this book called The Creation Frequency. Tune into the power of the universe to manifest the life of your dreams. And the foreword was actually written by Jack Canfield. And I'm sure most of you know who he is, the chicken soup for the soul creator. Anyway, let me explain to you what Mike has done for me. You know how I love to manifest and I love to share when I manifest and in my life, my magic moments are when I have already felt what it felt like to get there. I've already written it down as if it happened and I've had the emotions and I've, the feelings are so powerful when you're manifesting. And with Mike's book, I get why I added it to my, why bought it four years ago. Cause I think, you know, I was in that mode of wanting to manifest and like we always are, all of us are wanting to manifest in our life because that's why we're here. But now that I read it and that, you know, the teacher appears when the student is ready, I think I'm ready. And I know I'm ready. He has an app that you should all download the creation frequency app by Mike Murphy. It's free. And it's opened my eyes. I've made the girls it's a recording where you record your intention and you do it with feeling and I'll explain it in a minute. But when you are recording your message or your intention and you're recording it with meaning, like for an example, if you're looking for a relationship and so you go to the relationship tab and you record yourself for however long you say, I'm in this amazing relationship. When I meet this man, we just can connect eyes and we see each other. We know that we're meant for each other. We almost feel like soulmates instantly. Our love for each other is just instant. It's amazing. We have everything in common, and I get excited for the next time to meet him. And when I realize that I have finally met my soulmate and we're ready for this amazing relationship, I get so excited. So you're putting these words with the emotion when you're talking about your intention. And you know, in my, in my classes, especially with the teenagers, they're part of their morning routine is an intention. And what I've taught my girls their whole life is every day, let's talk about our intentions. Well, this takes it to the next level. And if you can get in the habit of really focusing on what your intention is for the day, it doesn't have to be this monumental goal or achievement. It can be anything like I, Intend to make five people smile at me today and I change their vibration because I make them happy, or whatever it could be. I intend to exercise today and feel amazing, whatever it is, it doesn't matter, but you have to have an intention. And if you're a parent and you have kids, even if they're four years old, start to create that muscle because when you have an intention and you have something, you have clarity of your life, you can step out into the world and go, that's what I want to do. And then all of a sudden your reticular activating system kicks in and you see everything everywhere. There's coincidences, which we know aren't true, or we don't, they're not coincidences. They're synchronicities and, you know, all these amazing things, the magic moments come into your life because you've set an intention. So with Mike Murphy's creation frequency app, you can do this every morning and every night. And you listen to yourself talk about this. So for an example, Paige is competing at Miss California Teen USA next weekend. She has been listening to herself explain what it feels like to walk into the interview, how she walks in and she's like exuding love in her eyes and the judges see her love and they see that she's meant to be Miss Teen California USA you know, it's getting that muscle to build. So every day you wake up and you start to think, what is my intention and how powerful that is in manifesting. And I could go on and on for the things that I've really focused on my intention and the feeling and the visualization and being in that place where you're there and you feel it and you know that it's going to happen. That is when you manifest the miracles, the magic, and it's science. You know, it's really what happens with your mind. And, you know, it's not a spiritual woo woo thing, it's science. That is how it works. So try that. I ask all of you to set an intention and wake up in the morning and feel that feeling of what it feels like to have that because it is powerful and also download his app, the creation frequency and record it's like health and career relationships, a contribution. So you'll get in this, in this interview about Mike and I, like we're both so passionate about what we do. It's kind of where you can't even get the energy. We're so excited about what we're talking about. Oh gosh. I just really had fun with him and you'll get it because you'll, I think you'll end this interview with a high vibe because you can't help, but get excited when you hear Mike talk. But anyway, I just, I'm excited to share him with you. I'm excited to share this book. And if you don't read books and you just want to listen to the audible, I did both and definitely download that app and have your kids download it. You know, start now, like even if they're 12 years old, I realized a few weeks ago, when I've been doing these parenting classes, some of the kids or the parents had kids that were younger, like eight and 11 and 12. And I realized that maybe my classes need to be more focused toward that age. Because when I'm dealing with the kids that are like 17, 18, their limiting beliefs are even more ingrained in their minds. And the social pressures have already taken It's almost like, Oh gosh, there they go. (laughs) And I know whoever's listening and watches. I mean, even as adults, you know, like when you get carried away on that stuff, I mean, it's no joke. It's like a drug. It's that dopamine that your body is craving. And I always tell people like when you watch your kids and they, you take their phones or their technology away and they don't even know what to do with themselves. It's like that dopamine hit. So remember like we're raising these children to be self-empowered and these individual leaders. And when they have to be on these phones to fill their, whatever their habit or their dopamine, we can find other ways to do that. And I think another way to do this is like, we talked today with this intention and future building and, Oh, it's so fun to, you know, I'm doing that now with Paige, getting ready for like college and, Trying to create what we're passionate about. So we're in alignment with our goals and our dreams. And oh, it's so fun. Everyone needs to get on that page. Even if you're a 54 year old adult and you're thinking that you're going to just do the same job every day and you aren't happy, or you, you know, maybe in 10 years I'll retire. Those aren't the words you speak. You speak of how exciting it is, whatever you're dreaming of, and dream big. You know, there's no part in life where you shouldn't be dreaming big. When you're a hundred years old, I hope that you're doing your intentions and dreaming big. And we're only here for this short time. And I have said it so many times, but gosh, go all in, (laughs) say yes all the time, do it. Don't limit yourself and encourage that with your kids or your grandchildren. And, you know, I had my parent class, I'm going to bring Mike on in a minute, but I had my parenting class that I have on Thursday nights. And if anyone wants to come, I'm going to continue doing it because it was so well. I mean, people kept wanting to come. It was amazing. But I had my last one with my client, Alyssa, who spoke on taking Raising Confidence And she spoke for the entire hour of her, how her confidence has been built. And over these last eight weeks, well, we had been together for six weeks, but her favorite week was limiting beliefs for a 14 year old (laughs) who would have thought, I thought it was going to be her vision board copy or pasting and pictures on a board, but she learned so much and she articulates it in this video. You can go to my YouTube channel and watch her you'll see it when you go to ashley goner under youtube or uncover your magic both will find that um, those videos yeah i just gosh setting that intention and seeing these kids flourish and have confidence is my passion and i know you know that and i know you'll hear that today in the in, in the interview with mike you're going to enjoy it. Please share it with a friend, you know, share go to the YouTube and share that testimony. It was not even, it was going to be a testimony for 10 minutes, but she talked for the whole time. And we all were in like, our jaws were open. We could not believe it. So I think you'll really love that. I know you will because we all did, but share this podcast with friends. I appreciate that. The more I can share it, the more I feel this world is going to understand that we're all one and we're all here to take this earth to the next level. And I know everyone listening right now is on that page or you wouldn't be here and rate review it and send me a message. Like I say, every week, that means the most to me when I know you heard it and something clicked or you love the interview. So that always means so much to me and the ones that do, I know. I let you know that because it really does warm my heart so without further ado let's bring on this amazing man that you all are going to love mike murphy welcome mike
1: thank you so much great to be here
0: oh so great to be here okay all the way from san francisco
1: i'm actually in walnut creek which is okay. okay yeah
0: yeah okay so let me give you a story i no, you just said, I didn't want to spoil my synchronicities or my things with you until we recorded and it was the authentic version. <laughs> so, you know, I get books sent to me for this podcast and I have sometimes stacks where I, but I really focus on the one that's coming. I don't want to go ahead of myself, right? Cause I need to really focus on who I'm talking to that day or that next step. So I had had this creation frequency book sitting on my counter for the last two months, but I've been kind of going down and getting ready for you. So a few days ago, I said, okay, it's Mike's turn. Okay. I get the book and I'm reading it. And then I'm listening to some videos. And I said, I'm just going to do audible and go on my walk this week. So I go to audible. I had bought this book four years ago when it first came out. (laughs)
1: <laughs>
0: I didn't have to buy it. I it was already in my library. Perfect. Isn't that amazing?
1: There you go. I, I, it happens to me a lot too. Oh,
0: <laughs> I thought, Oh my gosh, this man has been in my life for this long and now I get to meet him. You know, I always think this podcast has been a little over three years now and the people that I've met and the growth that I've learned and it's continual. It's so fun and it's my passion and to look back if I had to go back five years and say, or when I bought this book in four years from now, I'm going to be interviewing him. I would never have believed me.
1: Isn't that something it's funny? Yes. How it works.
0: Yeah. Oh, so amazing. Anyway, now that I've read your book again and have realized why you're in my life right now, we have a lot more coincidences, a lot more similarities in life that I get excited to share because I feel like when people understand where you came from and your story, and I feel like that's important because you're not just coming to people and saying, this is what I believe. And I want to teach you this amazing way of me realizing how to manifest in my life. There has to be some, you know, where we've really, we were down here and I did figure it out. Like (laughs) I walked the walk and I, you know, I did the whole thing. So when we start with your story, Mike, I would love to go back kind of explaining you were in your childhood, your parents and how you lived and, and then going into your first marriage and that whole thing. And when you were in eighth grade, so I have a 14 year old. So when you were telling me the story, I'm like, gosh, that would have been Presley right now, leaving and dropping out of school. And how did you do that? So let's just hear your background and then let's get into your magic and uncover your magic.
1: Uh, you bring up that story, you know, and as a father of four, I think about this a lot. My kids are all grown adult kids now, but now I have seven grandkids. And and imagine your daughter not just going to school and not coming home. I mean, that's what I did to my poor mother. Now, my father I don't doesn't bother me that much, although we've amended our ways. But uh, I just can't imagine what I would do if my 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 freshman in high school 14-year-old went off to school and didn't return. I don't know what I would do. But that's what I did, because I was living in such a toxic environment, but I, I I couldn't describe it like that, because I was programmed to believe it was the perfect childhood, and I should be on my knees giving thanks to God every day for this great family we have, right? So I didn't know what was going on, not a clue. I just knew I had to get out of there for some reason, right? right? And there was a girl 100 miles south that I wanted to reacquaint myself with, right? So I just got on a bus in downtown Cincinnati and freshman year school and, and got off 100 miles south in left Kentucky and started hitchhiking. And by the grace of God, I, it, it ended up okay. But I be, did become a habitual runaway doing it numerous times, habitual juvenile delinquent, probably arrested at least six to eight times in those high school years and drugs and alcohol. And it was a total mess. But, you know, looking back on it now, I mean, I, I can kind of get it and figure it out. I'm very grateful that I was that rebellious because I think it made me who I am today.
0: Yeah. Well, geez, let's keep continue. We need to get a little bit more deeper into this story. Yeah. So you meet a woman, yeah. you're young,
1: Actually. We went to high school together okay. but we didn't we just casually knew each other we didn't date we dated a month after we graduated from high school and then you know she did you know i mean it was crazy and she ended up moving to la and then eventually new york i was just a big partier i ended up in new york uh we both went out we got drunk asked her to marry me she said yes we got married right when we turned 21 which is okay. ridiculous right and neither one of us knew who we were What we were, what we wanted, where, you know, just all that insanity. And then I, you know, I started drinking heavily at age 14. So I didn't emotionally grow up until I quit drinking, you know, really at 28. So that lasted for two years. And my 23rd birthday, my oldest daughter was born on my birthday. And I'm living with my wife's parents. She's the oldest of six, her five younger siblings, her parents, and now this little baby. And I'll never forget this. the, The child was about two months old. And I go and I look in the mirror and I don't have a job. I don't have any money. I don't have a place to live. I don't even have a car. Just a total loser. And I look in the mirror and I go, dude, you are a loser. But that didn't really bother me. What bothered me is that everybody in that house knew I was a loser. Mm. And that humiliation, that shame, I just had to leave. It was Sunday afternoon around 5 p.m. I grabbed my clothes in front of them and everybody and threw it in one of their old cars and took off and partied for a week. Then like your typical runaway, I called her up and said, okay, I'm ready to come home now. And uh, she said, no, I'll pass on that. And so I ended up, um, literally that night, the alcohol wasn't working anymore. I didn't know where to go. I had no place to stay. I was totally lost. I actually went on the steps of the church where we'd gotten married two years prior. And I said, okay, God, I don't believe in you. But if you do exist, then surely with all this power, you can manifest into human form you can come and sit on these steps of this church because we're not inside because it's locked. And you can come down here and I can touch you. I can talk to you. I can see you. Then I can believe in you. And then I can change my life. But by the grace of God, the next day I ended up in a 12-step program and I started to feel like there might be some hope for me.
0: Right. So you get a job.
1: I start, I start waiting tables, get a job. I'm going in and out of AA. So now fast forward, we get divorced. Fast forward two years later, I can't stay off drugs. I can't stay sober. You know, I'm, I'm instead of daily now it's just binges, right? Because I had all this pain. You know, I had abandoned my wife, I abandoned my daughter, and I, I I couldn't get over that, right? I had a lot of regret, a lot of guilt, a lot of loss, pain, grief, and so alcohol, drugs were my way to deal with that. But I did start working and and got into owning my own business and stuff like that through this manifest. Well, the prior to no. I was just waiting tables up to that point. Right. The mystery man. Don't get ahead. We're getting to the magic. (laughs) So, long story short, I'm sitting in a 12 step program one day, and a buddy says to me, Hey, man, I've never met a guy whose life is such a mess, whose thinking is so screwed up, but I might know somebody that can help you. And I want to introduce you to him. So, he introduced me to a guy named Doug Fitzgerald, who I didn't know a clue about anything at the time. And in my book, I call him the mystery man because when I wrote my first book, Love Unfiltered, I wanted to share the story. And I couldn't remember his name. So I called him the mystery man. When I wrote creation frequency, I said, now I need to know the man's name. So I hired a private investigator, found this son. He had passed away in 2011. And so I got to know him better because I couldn't really remember all the details and all this, right? It was 30 years later, I'm writing this book. And um, he turns out he's a recovering alcoholic. He was estranged from his kids and family. And he started studying the Silva mind control. Which is a big thing right now. The, the guy at uh, Mind Valley—that's what he teaches and all that. And so now I understand what he taught me, why it's so powerful, and why it's so transformational, and why it works so well because there's so much science behind it. This was 1982, folks. Now, fast forward 40 years later, and I've studied all this stuff. And now there's people like Dr. Joe Dispenza out there in the world, you know, really teaching what what this man taught me in 1982. But now he's proving it with science and with real miracles happening in in, in his advanced workshops and things. I mean, it's super, super powerful. Everybody uses it already. They're just not aware of it, as you know. And when we use it with intentionality, we create miracles in our life. And life is still going to be difficult, folks and you still got to get off your couch and you got to go out and do something. You got to take action. But once you understand how the mind works, how the heart works and how the field of infinite possibility works and how this thing called the law of attraction works, trust me, your life will get 10 times better. It'll become easier, but you'll still have very difficult moments because that's, we live in duality. You can't have pain without, you can't have suffering without goodness. You know, it's good and evil, black and white. That's the world we live in. So we're going to have to deal with that. But wouldn't you like to be able to deal with that with a smile on your face and realize that no no matter how hard life knocks you down, you're going to be able to dust yourself up, jump up, and go back at it again. That's the way it works.
0: Oh, yes. I mean, I could. we have similar stories like I mentioned earlier, but I want to start to kind of interject while you explain, because I think you'll think this is really cool too, because 30 years ago, I realize the power in this creation and writing things down and intentions and the feelings and all the things this mystery man taught you those seven days. So let's go into, so you go to his house. He's has, he you yeah. said, you're committed to $50 a session yeah. and yeah. he wants you to come sure. seven times. And the seventh day, he said, he's going to give you this magical moment. Like you're going to, yeah. you got to stick to this till for seven days. And in your mind, you're thinking 50 times seven is not even the tips mm-hmm. that I make at the restaurant,
1: right? So what's interesting? He says to me, he says, "Mike, you come here one hour a week for seven weeks. I promise you, you'll get everything you want in your life." And I look at his house. His house isn't all that great. I look at his furniture; it's not all that great. He's not dressed all that great. But here's: I am so desperate. I showed up in a hundred-dollar Ford Pinto that barely ran, and the door was had been an accident. Door was broken. I had to roll down the window. Hold my hand outside the door to keep the door shut while I'm driving, and I'm in Northern California. It's rainy and cold. I mean, no matter what, he had something going on more than what I had going on, and I had no hope. And <laughs> right. for, I felt a little bit of hope in the way this man said it, with his demeanor and what that. And and I was desperate. And then he did to add in the caveat: it's fifty dollars an hour or fifty dollars a week. I didn't have fifty cents, so I wrote him a bad check, and that's how we started our relationship. Yeah. So he said, Mike, listen. You have to understand a couple things. One, to have a successful life, you have to create balance. You have areas living in your life. You have your career, your job. You have your family. You have your finances. You have personal development. You have fun things. You have contribution. You need to give back in this world. So we need to create a balanced life. So we're going to break your life into six areas. And then each week, we're going to write a powerful intention around each area. Then he said, Number one, what do you want most in your life right now? And I've been divorced now two years. This woman hated my guts. I only saw my daughter one night a week and it was driving me crazy. I said, I want my family back. He said, okay, there's no difference between imagination or reality. If you can see it in your mind's eye and you can feel it in your heart, you can probably bring it into your physical reality if you do this process. Now, what he says, Mike, there's no difference between between imagination and reality. So we're going to write an intention as if that what you desire already exists. So I start Mm -hmm. writing. Lisa and I are so happily married in this Are happily married in this relationship. Our daughter, Michelle, thrives in this relationship. Just one or two paragraphs. Now, while I'm writing, it feels weird at first. Then all of a sudden, well, wait a minute. Maybe there is a possibility here, right? So we write that intention next week. What do you want next, Mike? I want to own my own business. What do you want next? I want to make $10,000 a month. What do you want next? I want to own my own home. What do you want next? I want to run a marathon. What do you want next? He goes, The next has to be a contribution. I go, okay, my dad had a difficult childhood. I had a difficult childhood. I want to have a home for troubled youth. So now we have six intentions. Week seven, this is where the magic is, ladies and gentlemen. This is where you have to take some action. Now, I've already been taking an action, but what have I been doing? One hour writing a powerful intention for one area of my life. So far, I've invested six hours. And now he goes, okay, week seven. Now, of course, just the act of writing something down, a dream, if you will, and having done that process, it stays with you, right? So on some level, I'm sure it's in my body, my mind, my heart, my soul somewhere, right? But I haven't focused on it. I just did that one hour of work, and now it's week seven. So I show up with my six intentions, one or two paragraphs each, written on, handwritten on a piece of paper. And he says, okay, now we're going to create the magic sauce. And he brings out a boom box. And for you guys, younger people out there, that's what us old people used to listen to music on. And he puts in a cassette tape. That's how we used to listen to music too. And it has beta brainwave music on it. Okay, just very mellow, low frequency music to put me in a state where I'm receptive, right? And then he hands me a microphone attached to a tape recorder and he puts in a blank cassette tape. He says, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to hand you this relaxation script. It's two pages. It's designed to put you into a self agnostic trance. So we're going to lower your brain waves down into theta by playing this music and putting your body into a relaxed state. We're going to be able to pierce the conscious mind into the subconscious mind. Now, back then, I didn't have a clue what he was talking about. Okay, I'm just doing what he tells me, but I can explain it in more detail now because I've been studying it for so long. So long story short, he says, read your relaxation script, read your intentions. I do it. Boom, pops out the cassette tape. He hands it to me. He says, okay, now here's the most important thing. Every morning when you wake up, right when you're coming out of sleep, you're coming from Delta into Theta. I want you to listen to that. Okay. That's when you're in the most receptive to be able to put this into your subconscious mind. I'll explain that in a second. And then every night before you go to bed, right, you're coming from beta, which we're in right now, you go into alpha and then theta and delta before you fall asleep, I want you to listen again. So what's happening? The subconscious mind, where we spend 95% of our time, it runs the show. It's our supercomputer. It's our superpower. But we're not aware of it because we're always in this conscious mind. The conscious mind that we're talking from right now, is the creative mind. This is what we create with. The subconscious mind does whatever we tell it to do or what it thinks we want. And by the way, the subconscious mind, yours, mine, and all your listeners right now is taking in over 1 million bits of information every second. Some people say 10 million bits of data every second. I don't know, but at least a million bits of data every second. My subconscious mind, which is running everything in my body, paying attention to everything in my environment, okay, is in charge of all that. okay. And then it chooses 40 bits of information to deliver to my conscious mind. Why? Because that's all my conscious mind can handle. I can't be doing this uh, podcast and reading a book at the same time, impossible. My subconscious can manage all that kind of stuff. This conscious mind can't. So what 40 bits of information does it want to deliver to me? It's here to serve me, right? It's taking care of my body, my heartbeat, my respiration, everything, right? So it's looking for 40 bits of information of what data it thinks I want. So if I walk around all day and I go, man, my life sucks. Man, I never catch a break. Gosh, darn it, nothing ever goes right for me. Man, why can't I make any money? That supercomputer of the subconscious mind is going to look for 40 bits of data every second to deliver it into the conscious mind to reinforce what it thinks I want because it doesn't judge. You know, I don't think we should judge. I don't think God judges. We got this critic in the egoic mind that uh, drives us freaking crazy, that shames us, guilts us, re- makes us feel regret. And that's the illusion, right? Basically, what I was doing now, I'm telling the supercomputer, the subconscious mind, what I want, okay? Literally, four months after doing this and listening, and I wasn't religious with my listening, you know, maybe five mornings and five nights a week. I mean, I did the best I could. Sometimes it was just too painful, frankly, and I couldn't do it, but I did the best I could. But four months after this, I got no credit, but bad credit. I'm 40 grand in debt. I can't rub two nickels together. And I get a thought to open my own restaurant. And this thought appears, and I'm able to go and create this. So in four months later, I own my own business. So now I realize, hey, maybe we're on to something here. So I got to start paying attention to this, start learning about this. Two years after this uh, the recording these uh, six intentions, my ex-wife calls me up, asks me to escort her to a Christmas party on a date. We end up getting remarried, having three more beautiful children. So mm-hmm. this stuff works. Here's the bottom line. I challenge you, I challenge your listeners, everybody, I challenge you to find one thing in your physical existence right now that didn't start first with a thought and a desire linked to it. Everything in our physical reality, this is the power of the thoughts, but we don't guard our mind. We don't focus on this. Most of us, we live here. We live in this insane asylum of the egoic mind, of the false self, of the judgment, of the critic, of the committee of psychopaths. And I always tell people, listen, The most important journey you must take in in your life at some point, and most people will take it in that last breath, is moving from here to here. This is who we are. This is our heart, our soul, our essence, our energy. God, a part of God, I believe, is here. Source is here. Okay? So when I live from my heart and I create my intentions and my desires from this beautiful heart, now I can use this supercomputer. It doesn't control me any longer. I'm controlling it. So, for example, if I'm not the thoughts, right? I'm not my thoughts. I'm not my body. I'm the person in charge. So that's this thing here. It's not oh. Mike Murphy. Mike Murphy is just a story that was created. And you know, whenever I started believing it, and I was born in '57, I started probably believing the story in 1960. Right. You know, one day I looked in the mirror, I said, "Oh, that's Mike." Oh, I get it. Okay, now the story started. But who was I before that? I'm eternal, timeless consciousness. I'm one with all. And so are you. And so is all of us. And we're connected to the creator of all this. And so when we go within and we realize and we find this superpower and we start living from here and then using this beautiful supercomputer of a mind to create and to manifest, then life starts to work better.
0: Oh, I see. I get fired up like you, too, because I'm just so passionate about it and I love it. But I I just want to share and I'm not it's not about me. It's about you. But I have to. It'll add to this magic and the passion of why I feel so passionate about it. So I was married, divorced, needed to start my life over. I was like almost 30, went and found this job because I needed to start my life over, hated it. One day went to this seminar that was like, opened my eyes to kind of all this stuff. And I had, I was always a seeker, Wayne Dyer and Abraham Hicks and, you know, Tony Robbins and always that like in my twenties but just not seeing the magic, you know, not you doing it, just probably just taking it in. So one day have this aha moment. I'm going to quit my job and I'm going to go home and write in my journal as if I created a business, as if I got a new car, as if I got a new house. I had no money, zero. I mean, they gave my last check and I'm like, okay, well I have, I had like three credit cards. So one of my friends said, one of my sister's ladies that does her facials is selling her spa. What you should go see. I'm like, perfect. Spas are kind of in right now. Let's go. So I go in, meet her. Sure enough. I'll buy it from you. Get money on my credit card. How am I going to get a space to lease like you for you and your story was, um, I told a guy like, this is her place flooded he had to show me this bigger space. And I said, this is it. It was like the perfect spa. It was like three times her size. And he said, Oh, Ashley, this is way more than her rent. I said, no, this is it. And he's like, Mm -hmm. okay. And then I had to give him more down payment for him to trust me. Mm -hmm. So long story short, I get the spa going, people start coming. I had written all these things out. When I start this business, I'm going to get massages every day. It's so amazing to feel this like feeling of independence and I'm free from this job, you know, like I did all this stuff and I didn't know what it was, but I didn't know it was going to be a spa, but I even wrote massages, but they were free because I had to interview people. <laughs> so oh, I do yeah. the spa. Then I start, I had already created this. I want to buy a house. I didn't have money, but then it was, you could buy a house with no money down. All right. So, so Mike, I just went on, I went and saw this house and I told this realtor, I said, I think I haven't even gone in, but can I see this house? He said, I'm so sorry. It's already in escrow. And I said, oh, it was my house. And he looks at me like, what? I go, that was my house. And he said, okay, I'll let you know if another one pops up in the neighborhood. So a couple of days later calls me, it fell out of escrow. Do you still want to look at it? Of course. Uh, go look at it. The family that comes out knew me from the hair salon. They had grown up there. He comes back to me and says, there's two options. You are this guy. And he has all this money to put down. I was leasing an apartment or a house and I couldn't move in right away. He's like, so I have a feeling they're going to go take this other guy's option he calls me that day. And he's like, I go, I told him it was my house. And he goes, Ashley, I don't think I've ever met anyone <laughs> as like you, but they accepted your offer. So I didn't know if I was going to get a loan. I didn't know how to get a loan. I didn't know what to do. I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to figure out how to do it. (laughs) So I did it. Got that, had the spa going, the spa catches on fire, all the old equipment that lady gave me that I didn't like and was kind of mad at myself for giving her all this money for this old, old equipment. Well, now it's in flames, have insurance. My point is Mm -hmm. when I was listening to your book and I realized like when my magic moments happen, Are exactly what you say to do in this book. And it's that feeling, it's that intention. It's I look back at those notes and I realize it was like how I felt when I walked into that building. And I was like, oh, and that's how I felt. And these people were coming to work for me, but it was like, I don't remember how they were coming, but it was like this flow of these beautiful people just coming to work there. (laughs) Yeah. So that was my little
1: I must ask you, what was the seminar? It was called PSI.
0: And then how you talk about service and how we are, the purpose of our life here is to give and serve. I would give all these people that came into there or the girls that worked for me, the money to go to the seminar to change their lives. And Mike, they came back and they opened up their own spas. (laughs) So it backfired.
1: (laughs) Well, yes, yes and no, because I'm sure you still have a blessed life, right? When we give, you're going to get blessed. That's the attitude is, you know, of course, there's people in this world that haven't evolved to this concept, right? So we have to be patient with them because, hey, listen, I came from a screwed up place. I was a screwed up person. I took advantage of people. That's why, see, when I live in my head, I can manipulate, I can lie, I can cheat, I can con, I can, you know, I can come up with all this bullshit. But when I live in my heart, see, my heart can't hurt you. My heart can't lie to you. My heart's conscious. My heart knows who it is, what it's here for. That's why we got to make this this journey down to here and live from here and then understand how this works, how this has been programmed. You know, when we're born, that, that state that the mystery man put me in, that self agnostic trance, that's we're born in that trance. And we live in that trance till age eight. We live in a theta brainwave state. Why? Because that's how we learn. That's how we learn to become part of our tribe. We're learning from mom and dad, but we learn by seeing, hearing, feeling, touching. You know, we're not doing a lot of thinking. We're doing a lot of absorbing. And that's how we learn. And if we're not born to two mature, spiritually developed people, okay, most of us aren't. That's why there's so much dysfunction in the world. So it's kind of like, you know, we have to unravel our childhood programming, and mine went way into adulthood actually, because I never woke up for a long time. And then we have to unravel the program and then, then install our new programming of what our soul wants, what our heart wants, not what mom and dad wanted, not what they programmed us to believe, not what TV programs us to believe, not what school or teachers program us to believe. What is it that I want? And that's what I mentioned. There was something about me early on in life that questioned everything. That's why I was able to take off at age 14 and and go. I didn't have fear. I, I had I just knew everything was going to be okay here, that no matter what, take action and survive because I had to get out of that situation. So I had to try to figure I didn't have parents. There was no education going on and I really didn't trust the educators at school. And so I had to learn life on my own and I learned it basically on the streets.
0: Yeah. So what's come from me is I had to learn it on my own, too. And I didn't have my children until I was 36 and 37 and 40. And I knew that when I had them, they were going to learn these tools before they even were in my <laughs> conceived. And now that they're 14 and 17, I see the this fruit of my labor, Mike, and is like, when you live as a parent intentional from the beginning, and you understand that till they're eight, they're just, I'm just programming, Richard and I are programming them and, you know, whatever we do for them is just inputting into that little brain. And when you're intentional and you realize that and now you don't realize it that it's really working until I'm experiencing that now. And like getting
1: the fruit right now. Oh, I'm be-
0: in the fruit of my labor right now. My be it's, unbelievable.
1: But, it's but think, think about it. This is what I've heard so far, right? You're working on yourself. You're going to seminars like PSAI. You're reading Wayne Dyer. You're reading Tony Robbins. You're evolving. You're growing. You're spiritually growing and mentally growing. You're, you're evolving. And so and now you wait till you're 37. Now you're mature. Okay, now you've figured stuff out in your own heart and soul and mind, right? And right. now you're going to take on this monumental task of raising these kids, right? That's why the world is so screwed up today. No one's raising these kids. No one. No. And so I'm always thinking we got to get back to community families. You know, we got to get the mom back in the house or the dad, one of them, someone's right. got to be raising these children. But I do think we need programs for parents to learn how to be parents oh, and teach a these kids. Million percent. And, and since there is since that's not happening in very uh, large percentage of time, then we need programs to go straight to the kids and say, "Hey, wait a minute. Whatever insanity you're experiencing over, don't worry. We got you over here." Okay? But we need to start teaching these kids this manifestation process when they're young and understand how the universe works, how the world works. We need to teach them about sex. Who teaches them about sex? And now sex is so out of control. Uh. I mean, my goodness, it breaks my heart. You know, I got like I got seven grandkids, and the the four youngest, you know, are four girls: seven, six, four, and three. Right? And go, oh my gosh, it's like, man, what are we doing here, guys? So, anyways, that's the, the the scary news. The good news is, I believe that we are in a huge transitional time. And we're going from a masculine energy, which is domination, penetration, control, force, to a a matriarchal type of energy, which is nurturing, loving, kind, open. And so I think there is a big shift. You know, the Bible calls it apocalypse, which simply means the lifting of the veil. I think people are waking up to what's really going on with all these systems we're born into a family system, in a medical system, placed into a religious system, yeah. into a financial system, into an educational system, into a government system. And what do we want? Freedom. But we're programmed to believe stuff that's not true that serves who? Not us, but them. OK, right. the people in charge, they teach us to be little worker bees. That's why we go to work at eight. Our school, we go to school at eight from kindergarten on. and We take a break at 10. We have lunch. We take another break at two. We go home at four. They're they're training us from day one to be their little workers, but they don't teach us anything. That's what I love about the four agreements and the fifth agreement. And the fifth agreement basically says be skeptical of everything, especially in today's world. Who do you trust? I tell people you want to. I can. I know, have a way that I can drive you crazy in thirty days. For thirty days, all I want you to do is when you come home from work, you watch an hour of Rachel Maddow and you watch an hour of Sean Hannity. OK, and you will be crazy in 30 days because there's <laughs> one story, two completely different narratives. All right? Who's telling you the truth? And the truth is neither one of them. So there you go.
0: So you mentioned four agreements, and that's part of my class. I was reading four agreements to my girls when they were little. We would read in bed the four agreements because I read that. I think I was in my late 20s when it came out. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, when I have kids, this is going to be their first book. <laughs> so now wow. I, part of my class is one week, like right now we're in that week. So they all have to read the four agreements. So I, I ship them all the book and they all are reading it this week. And so next week we have to talk about it, but my children right now, they just start in finals week, right? So when you're speaking of what the school system is like, and I, you talk about Tesla like and the Tesla and gosh, if that, if there was just one class on energy and
1: She's talking about Nikola Tesla, by the way, not Tesla, the car. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, (laughs) exactly. We're not talking about cars. We're talking about Nikola Tesla, the great inventor that actually invented electricity. He probably gave us this technology that we have cell phones today and a million other things. And he said, if you want to understand the universe, you have to understand energy, vibration and frequency. And basically that's all that's going on here. Everything else is an illusion. Right. That's what I want you to talk about. Talk about that. Okay, so this is... Super important, okay? And this is science, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is real, and it's spooky science, but it's science. We're made up of atoms, okay? But when you break us down, you're looking at a human body right now. You got skin, and behind the skin, you have org- or, uh, organs are made of cells, and then cells are made of molecules, and molecules are made of atoms, and then atoms are made of particles. When you break it down, when you really focus on the particle, all it is is a wave of energy. Everything is energy. So we came from source energy. And that's all there was. In the beginning, whatever mode of thing you want to believe, no matter what story you're told, it all started with energy. It all started with nothing, right? And then whether, whether there was a Big Bang or there was a or whatever there was, it doesn't really matter. Because out of this singularity, out of this energy, what was created? Duality. So when you understand atoms, atoms are 99.9999% space. Okay, so I'm made of atoms. So in reality, I'm 99.999% space, but I look, appear solid. This table appears solid. This chair appears solid, right? But it's really not. So what's holding it together? That's the big question. What's holding these atoms together? I believe it's intention. Now I can't prove that. Okay, that's just a theory that I have. I mean, we know we start as a sperm and we meet an egg and we grow into this thing, right? That's biology. But in the, in the world of energy, in the unseen world, you know, we're dealing in two worlds here, the seen world, like I can see right now through this computer, I can see outside, I can see this house, but beyond that is all the space. I mean, and the space is where the energy is. The Bible called it ether, Nikola Tesla called it plasma, the Chinese called it chi, the Indians call it prana, but it's energy vibrating at a certain frequency, and each of us have our own vibrational frequency we, we all have our own IP address right we're all vibrating at a different frequency and every cell in our body is vibrating at a different frequency every atom there's, a, there's there's an infinite number of frequencies right color all color is color blue is vibrating at a certain frequency yellow is vibrating at a different frequency one comes out blue one comes out yellow so the important thing of this is to realize that this is called the field the field of infinite possibilities. And then when we can quiet this mind and relax this body and get into a state of nothingness and throw these thoughts, these intentions that I teach, right, these powerful intentions that already exist, what's happening when I'm listening, one, I'm reprogramming my subconscious mind, telling the subconscious what I want, telling myself what I want, but more importantly, that sound energy is going into this field of infinite possibilities. And then the heart, they've measured this, the heart is a magnet. So we live in this electromagnetic universe, okay? Where the thought is the electrical current going into the field. And then the heart, this is why the mystery man, you got to put a lot of emotion to these intentions. So what are the highest emotions? Love is the highest, gratitude, joy. So the more powerful emotion I can attach to this intention, I send it into the field and then I draw it back with my heart. And that's how I really believe after hating me for four years, and after two years of me doing listening to this, that my late ex-wife could call me up and ask me out on a date and say, hey, <laughs> right. What, right." So, I mean, where, how did that happen? This is how everything works. I'm sure everybody listening has has this situation where you think of somebody, you think of Joe, and 30 seconds later, Joe's calling you on the phone. Right. Or you think of this, and an hour later, that shows up in your life because we're all connected. It's all energy the illusion is this physicality and we're all timeless eternal we we, you can't die okay you're going to leave this vessel someday okay and you're going to enter another vessel someday and in between you're going to be energy again you're going to be consciousness You're, you're still here You energy is never created nor can it be destroyed and so that's the beauty it's gotten confusing because basically energy something happened right and nature was created And out of the nature, what happened, life was created. And out of life, what was created, consciousness. And that's what's happening right now. Consciousness is evolving. And that's why we're all waking up to these spiritual teachings that have been around forever, but most of us didn't get, right? I mean, this was taught in the Bible and before the Bible. This is all just the way it's always worked. But somehow we've lost our way. And now we believe stuff that's crazy, right? So we just need to go back to the basics and and get into our heart And more importantly, we got to realize that we're all connected. If you're suffering, I'm suffering. You know, I might not link the two, but the truth is I have my own individual consciousness as does everybody, but there's a collective consciousness here and we're all connected to it. And this was demonstrated on 9-11 where they measure these things and they saw the emotional consciousness of the world just plummet after 9-11, right? So we know this is true. We know that we're all connected. And so I really believe that the only way that we're going to find our way because if i look at the world it's not the same as it was when i was growing up okay humanity is going in the wrong direction in a lot of different ways spiritually morally ethically so how do we solve it we got to realize that we're all together we're all linked together in this thing and we got to get back to a a spirit of love and not hate and divisiveness and separation there's seven billion people in the world today if 3.5 billion of us would lift up someone less fortunate whether it be a smile, a hand up, a $10 bill, whatever, that consciousness would destroy whatever darkness is going on right now. The truth is, whoever runs this thing, whatever this thing is called, this world, the matrix, they got all the money and all the power. The only way we're going to do it is you and me and others like us get together and say, hey, let, let's support one another. Let's love one another. Let's find a way to, like you're doing with these children. I mean, that's that's what we all, if every if everybody was teaching kids the four agreements, <laughs> the world is over. But the problem is, what's everybody, everybody's a podcaster, a coach, an influencer. You're a podcaster and an author and a coach, but you're out there teaching these kids this stuff. So you're giving back. So there's the blessing. But a lot of people are doing this for fame and money and stuff like that. You're doing it because you have a heart to serve And you're doing it for the people that need it the most, the youth.
0: But you know, like the passion, right before you, I had a class with parents that I was running. And when I hear what they're letting them do with technology and the length of time, they let their kids on these things because it's a babysitter, the kids know how to manipulate them. And I, I'm very direct when I say your child's manipulating, they're learning manipulation from their mother. So just think what they're going to learn how to manipulate for the rest of their life. And that's what you taught them because now they know how to figure out how to get more time on that iPad, you know, and it's not their fault. They just don't know.
1: Well, no, but here's the problem. I was just talking to my daughter yesterday and her youngest is seven. And she's telling me, dad, I got to change her behavior. And the only way is to take this stuff away. Then she'll be good. We'll take it away. And then she'll get it back. And right away, her behavior changes. She can't stay present. Even me. Okay. I know you're a big reader. I used to be a big reader. Okay, now a couple of things are happening. One, I don't see as well. So now it's annoying to read and I don't want to read on a tablet. But also I can't stay focused. I'll be watching TV. I'm on my iPad. I mean, we're just, it's going way too fast. They got this thing sped up so fast. This is why meditation is so important right now. We got to spend time meditating, contemplating, praying, journaling. We got to get into nature. We got to get back to this thing. We're so sped up. I, I'm subjected just like everybody else. I know right. it. I'm su- just like everybody else with this nonsense. I mean, I'm mean, i trying to put that phone away. I'm trying to put that iPad. I don't sleep with it anymore. I don't listen to this crap. When I'm going to sleep. I'm meditating. I'm trying to focus on my breath, focus on my health, focus on my mental well-being because it's difficult right now. Listen, we got to pay attention to a certain degree because if we don't pay attention our finances are in jeopardy, our kids are in jeopardy. We got to really pay attention. The world is a bit of a dangerous place right now, but it sucks you in. See, they right. get they suck you in, they get your attention, and then they then they suck the life out of you. Right. So that's why these electronic devices, we got to at least commit to spending some time in nature, spend some time with family with no electronics around, no TV, no iPads, no phone. And go get back to being who we are. which is social hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) That's That's all by the way. I'm not pointing, I'm not pointing my finger because three are pointing back. I'm pointing at myself as well. Okay. So I'm included in this conversation. Right. All right.
0: But you know, when you hear the with my children, you know, it's always been we always have had like time limits and you see the dopamine like it's an addiction. And it's like, what's the next addiction? Like, okay, yeah. I know, what's it gonna feed it? They're so used to this being but, fed. So,
1: yeah, they suck us in with television, right? I mean, I was there. It was black and white. It, it had yeah. these little things on the top, okay? Yeah. It, just, it came on at 6 a.m. and it turned off at midnight, okay? And there was only three channels, and, but it was Leave it to Beaver. It was Andy and Opie, okay? And then it was the Partridge family, and then it was the monkeys. But then now, what is it today? Holy moly. It's like, how do you boil a frog? You just gently turn that temperature up in that boiling water until it boils to death because it won't jump out because it's comfortable. So they get keep us, they're brilliant at this. And now they have artificial intelligence to really hook
0: us in. And
1: now if they want to know what they're thinking, all they do is they plug our Facebook into their artificial intelligence. They know how exactly what, and so they know the next trick. So when you say something like that, what are they going to bring to us next? Believe me, it's on its way. Whatever it is, it's on its way. That's why we're at a crucial point, I believe in humanity, where it's always been a battle between good and evil. And it's always been in the unseen world, right? Now it's more visible you know, it's more real for some reason. That's at least my sense, right? As I look at the world today. So my concern is is a father and a grandfather, primarily, I try to live by three quotes that I found that I love. One is Martin Luther King. This is why I started my nonprofit foundation, which is injustice anywhere is an insult to justice everywhere. That's what Martin Luther Mm. King said. I found a great injustice in the medical system, and I'm doing my best to just put a little, just help a little bit in a small way. The other one is evil exists because good men did nothing. Okay, so we got to at least speak up when we see evil. We got to at least try to stop. There's people trying to do that. There's whistleblowers, but it's not easy. It's not easy being a whistleblower. Mm-hmm. I applaud those people. I mean, I, I've spoken. Now, when you speak out today, they just slam you. So we got to find a way to combat evil, but stay in the game. We can't get totally canceled and destroyed. We have to be there for that. And then the third one is from Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a minister in World War II in Nazi Germany, who could have gotten out and stayed and was executed. But he said that a righteous man lives for the next generation. And that's really the most important one to me as a father of four and seven grandkids. You know, what are we leaving behind? Not just me. I mean, I only play a small role. You know, we all do. When I'm gone, when I'm dead and gone, did I leave my little community, my little place in in history? Did I do my best to make it the best I could? As a youngster, I didn't, you know. So now I'm, as a grown-up, mature man. Now I'm trying to say, okay, we need to all chip in and do something to make the world a better place before it's too late. But, no, but, I, no, I'm
0: with you. <laughs> That's see, what I'm feeling. Yeah, you know, I try to not watch the news, focus on my gratitude, be out in nature, look at the trees, the journaling, automatic writing, and I, I get excited when I wake up in the morning. I can't wait for the day. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, helping these parents that I just was with an hour ago and like that lights me up and it's just keep doing that. And, you know, I'm always about saying yes, always say yes. Maybe it's a no, but just say yes. Anyway,
1: just go. Actually, did you read the book, The Surrender Experiment?
0: Oh, I love The Surrender Experiment. Right. Well, that's, yes.
1: that's the whole thing. Say yes. Yes. <laughs> yeah. uh. I mean, all this guy wanted to do is go out into the Everglades and meditate with the attitude, I'm going to say yes to whatever shows up. Yeah. Guy becomes a billionaire. You know,
0: I know. No, I <laughs> but, love that But
1: Now he's written these beautiful books, you know, and he's a beautiful soul. So, yeah. yeah, I love that attitude. Say yes to what shows up with yeah. discernment.
0: Yes. With discernment. You know, I think just because I'm in the thick of being a mom and watching my girls, wanting the, the best for them and having them discover their passions and go down their road, you know, not be the. Dictator, you need to do this, and you need to do that, and you know your dad was this, so you better do that. It's kind of this like a moment in my life where, you know, you come to this place, and I see these these beautiful souls that are just ready to start this their life, and it's like I have something to do about that. It, like I have this pull. Like I need to be that person that I know one person makes the difference, but we all got to get on this train and not just. You know, it's like these people come out, these parents are like, oh, now it's college and then they're going to do this. And then it's this, and it's just not, that's not how I see it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're in the middle of this, you're in the thick of this. I love what you're doing and it's got to be challenging. I would imagine working with the parents, especially, right?
0: Oh yeah. It's getting the <laughs> parents on board. <laughs> and I think when I hear these kids that finally, like it's a lot of grandparents that have reached out to me that I'm helping their grandkids. Cause they feel like their kids have failed as parents. So they're watching and yeah. they're like, Oh, if I did wrong as a parent. Yeah. So now they're parenting the way I parented. So they want to fix it. So gosh, right now I have like three kids that are from the grandparents and, you know, it's a beautiful experience to help these kids who haven't, haven't known anything.
1: Yeah. So along those lines, I had this uh, nonprofit organization in Oakland, California, where we would provide financial grants to women below the poverty line while they were battling cancer. So in Oakland, it's mostly African-American. So most of my clients would come to us were African-American and diagnosed with breast cancer, and they didn't have any money. So our foundation would give them financial grants while they went through treatment, because what happens is they lose their job because they're sick. Now their expenses gone up because they got to go to the doctor all the time. And there was no safety net. You can't imagine what I saw. But what I saw a lot of was 50 to 60 year old women with this diagnosis of breast cancer, living in poverty conditions, raising their grandchildren because their son or daughter is hooked on crack cocaine. I saw that time after time Mm. after time. And talk about heartbreaking. Here's these poor women fighting for their life, going through horrendous treatment, raising their grandkids, and most of the time didn't have any emotional support whatsoever. And so that really, I did that for four or five years. That changed me to my core, what Mm. what I saw of the system. And then I started doing it in Southern California in uh, Palm Springs area, mostly Mexican women with no insurance that came into this country to clean our hotel rooms, work on our golf courses and work in our super pick our pick our pick our vegetables in the field where they're they're exposed to 159 known chemicals that cause breast cancer they get it and then The great state of California gives them 18 months of insurance coverage, only 18 months, just enough time for that guy to cut off one or two breasts, that guy to put a hole in their chest and fill it with poison every week, and that guy to burn them on this million dollar general electric machine. And then say, "Okay, now we've deformed your body, we've ruined your immune system, but your insurance is over. So best of luck. And I would come into those situations. And I would go to their homes and we would meet in restaurants and I didn't speak Spanish and they didn't speak English. So would they have to bring in a translator? you normally a child. Literally, I had a woman once in a Wendy's in Palm Desert, California, get so emotionally pull up her tube top in the middle of summer where they just, two fresh scars where they just removed both breasts. She was so emotionally distraught. There's just so little support for these women that it, it just, it changed me forever. And that's why we're building this, Beautiful healing center in uh, Medellin, Colombia, where hopefully we can serve some of those women there that they can come to a place, learn to detox their body, learn how the mind works, learn about meditation, learn about opening the heart, healing emotional wounds, rewiring neural pathways, getting rid of limiting beliefs, installing unlimiting beliefs, and creating a life of hopefully where they can learn to heal themselves. And if they're doing the Western medicine treatment, at least learn to strengthen their immune system to offset any damage that the treatment is doing. So that's powerful.
0: Okay. So I need to understand as we are winding down, I want to understand when you learned from your teacher, he, at the end, it was service. And so now I'm looking at your life now and I'm seeing after that, you were what, in your late twenties when you met him?
1: Yeah. So I was 24.
0: So you know, you go through, you get back with your wife. She passes away with breast cancer. You're inspired to help because you saw the pain she went through and what you went through and your family. So now you're serving because you realize that's your purpose. Yeah. So I mean, where are you? And then, but you feel like you're, you've made million, like you're abundant and that's what I, people understand the energy.
1: Yeah. Listen, the mystery man taught me these principles and I was programmed just like every other American that was born born in the fifties. And I created a beautiful life of wealth and health and children. I had a $4 million house. I'm making millions of dollars, but that doesn't feed the soul. And that doesn't feed the heart. And then losing, it was my, actually my second wife that passed away from the breast cancer. Okay, And we were together for 10 years. And for nine of those, she fought, she's diagnosed at 29 and passed at 38. Oh, wow. And w- w- what I saw in those nine years would, 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 I mean, I've written a book about that. It chronicles the last six months of her life, which is very profound book. Then I create this nonprofit foundation because my heart had been broken, and and now it's I have this big broken, wide open heart. And what can I do to help? Because after my second wife passed, I met another woman who was thirty eight, had stage four breast cancer, a minority, not married, not good insurance. And her her a friend of mine asked me if I could help her. I took her to my wife's oncologist. He ordered some tests. I went with her. I noticed that she was treated differently than us, that people either talked down to her or over her head. Mm -hmm. And so then we get back to my late wife's oncologist. And he says, Amanda, the best protocol to extend your life are these three chemotherapies simultaneously. Unfortunately, your insurance will only pay for once. That's all I can give you. I was flabbergasted. I never equate. This is where the injustice from Martin Luther King comes in my life. I said, man, here's my credit card. You give her whatever she needs. That was the seed that later became the Love for Margo Foundation, where we started working with hundreds of women going through this. And that's where I saw all this injustice. So as a result of this four or five years of doing this, and in most cases, the treatment doesn't work. They get sicker and sicker and then die. And so I was just throwing money, after good money after bad, right? So after a lot of money, I said, okay, this one that's not sustainable financially, I'll be broke. Two, how can I help? Because this isn't working. So then I started buying them water purifiers, juicy machines, vegetables, mm-hmm. teach them about their immune system. But now they think I'm their doctor and really I'm a car salesman, right? So I'm going, <laughs> wait, 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 wait. So now I'm building this place in Colombia. So we charge people with money to come to this transformational health retreat. And it's beautiful for anybody. Anybody just wants to feel better, anybody wants to learn more, anybody that has any kind of issue, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, you come there, you go through this detox that we uh, physical, mental, emotional detox, you're gonna heal. And, and it's the most beautiful place I've ever been in my whole life. Oh. But we also give scholarships to these women that come through us from the Love for Margot Foundation, or we'll give scholarships to these American veterans that have come back from Afghanistan and Iraq, 25 a day are committing suicide with PTSD. We bring them down there. We have sacred plant medicine ceremonies. We have other healing modalities down there that really help these kind of guys. So so the, the vision is, I call it conscious capitalism. We have this beautiful retreat center that's fantastic for anybody. We charge people with money. And then we, we solicit donations, but we give one scholarship ourselves, one scholarship to every retreat that we do. We give it, we fly somebody down there. We give them the entire experience for free at no charge. And that's our little way of doing what we can to make the world a better place.
0: Oh, I love that. Gosh, all you are is like this man that's here to
1: serve. I'm doing my best. I'm just doing my best and it's not easy, but you, you know, you work, I know you work hard on this show. I know you're pouring your heart and your soul into it and and you have great moments, but it's, it's work too. So I really applaud what you're doing and especially working with the the kids, especially their parents. So (laughs) we we all do our little part.
0: Yes. Tell everybody where they can find you, your book.
1: Okay. I have my personal website and for your viewers or listeners, if they want to go there, I'd like to give them a gift. So if you go to Mike Murphy unfiltered, mikemurphyunfiltered.com forward slash gift, uh, my team will send you something. And this, that's my personal website. The healing center that we're building in Medellin, Columbia, is called Mountains of Hope. That's mountainsofhope.com. Our first retreat is September 30th. It's a five-star resort. It's so many, we give IVs, coffee enemas, infrared sunas, so much, so much education. It's twenty acres. Twelve beds is one wow. of the most beautiful. It's, it's in the seven thousand feet in the Andes mountains. It's called the City of Eternal Spring. Every day it's sixty to eighty degrees, and so anyways. And then our our nonprofit foundation is Love from M A R G O T dot org. So that's me, me and oh, my I
0: stuff. This new retreat thing. Oh my gosh, it sounds amazing. That's on my list.
1: We'd love <laughs> to see you there.
0: Anyway, thank you, Mike, for being here. I've loved it so much. And I've loved even the build-up to this time. I enjoyed having you in my ear, reading your book, getting to know you more. And I get excited to watch what you're going to be creating and in, in your life that people always say, like, we're never too old, too young, too anything. And I'm never, I don't look at age. And when you say like, oh, I'm 10 years older than you, like, that's what I love about you. That doesn't matter. We're going to keep expanding and doing what our soul is here to do. Amen. Amen Amen to that. Thank you for listening to the Uncover Your Magic podcast today. If you are inspired by what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, please subscribe, rate, and review this show on your favorite podcast player. If you would like to connect with me with any questions comments or feedback please contact me at the uncover your magic website thank you so much for listening and don't forget always look for the magic